Welcome back to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. Let's begin with Dennis. We're in the book of Deuteronomy, fifth book in the Bible. Um, fifth book? Fourth book. Fourth or fifth book in the Bible. It's the fifth book, I'm sorry. And we're up to chapter 30. I'm, I guess I'm getting... Uh, and the anticipation of finishing this book is getting to me because we're almost through. We're down to the last few chapters of it. So without further ado, let's pick up with chapter 30 of Deuteronomy, um, with verse 1. Now it shall come to pass when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse, which I've set before you, and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God drives you. So now either the person writing this is... Um, giving prophecy that the different curses and blessings are going to happen to the people and they um or it's someone retrospectively looking back at the journeys the people took into the captivity which is the what i believe happened someone is looking back from the point of view of them being taken captive at some future point looking back on the commandments that moses gave originally and accounting for the curses the captivity um, the reason being the people were unfaithful. Now, I could be wrong about that. Believe what you want. Um, but we'll just read, so we'll just read it as prophecy at this point that Moses is giving them a prophecy. And we're assuming it's Moses because it doesn't say, and Moses said, as it usually will if it's Moses talking. But it is saying that, um, when those things happen to them, the curses and the blessings, the people will uh, be able to look back and figure out why it's happened to them. Verse 2, And you return to the Lord your God and obey His voice, according to all that I command you today, you and your children, with all your heart and with all your soul. So this is being written as if it's Moses telling the people that once they're taken captive into those different places, whether it's Babylon, Assyria, or modern times um the struggles over that same area of land um that they'll be able to look back on the different orders that were given at by moses way back when and be able to help get clarity on why it's happening verse three that the lord your god will bring you back from captivity and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where the lord your god has scattered you so it seems almost certainly that um um that that's what's happened the people were taken captive at some point later and during that captivity just like how um the documentary that i list on my website hungtgirl.com if you go to the um spirit and soul pages you can see there there's a documentary about the great flood and how it's believed uh, by scholars modern scholars that some of the narratives about the great flood as it's called um, were um, included in the Bible from other resources, other cultures during times when the people of the Old Testament the Jewish people in plain English were taken captive, captive in the Old Testament and they uh, included some of those other narratives from other cultures including the narrative about the flood and including um, what's happened as far as the um, the journey that they've experienced along the way that that's how it ended up getting edited and changed and um and um i think that that's part of what we're reading here now that during those periods of captivity people reflected back on the history of their culture and um accounted for the different things that happened to them in this way verse four if any of you are i'm sorry if any of you are driven out to the farthest parts under heaven 
from there the Lord your God will gather you and from there he will bring you so the people are being told if they do fall away from being faithful to the different commandments and ordinances and statutes the covenant the contract that they've been um, um, put under contract with with the entity they're following the deity they're following with the Lord in plain English um, then they'll be able to they'll still have a chance to be redeemed and return to a better place that promised land um, verse 5 then the Lord your God will bring you to the land which your fathers possessed and you shall possess it he will prosper you and multiply you more than your fathers so um, this is probably a verse that modern people who live in this part of the world lean on as far as their um, rationale for occupying that land or having possession of that land um, historically though they probably look back on this and say well it was given to us back then even though there were people who were living there already and have and that they'll use this as the rationale for why they're able to take and possess and be the ones in that land now um, even though that overlooks the part about the unfaithfulness being the reason that people were um, booted from that land and not just the um, Israelites, but other people and nations before them and since them, um, there's diff um, because they weren't the first there. And um, that's according to what's even here in the Bible. Uh, verse 6, And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your descendants to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. So Lord here is still being translated from the name Jehovah. And God from the word Elohim, um, but it's capital G God, so uh, it lets us know that an Elohim is a plural word. So figure that out as best you can. It doesn't point to a monotheistic society, uh, as far as I can tell, but it is what um, the people are being told that will happen to them if they have that change of heart and um, return to the covenant that was laid out by Moses and the religion um, in these um, books that we've gotten to so far these first five books of the Bible um, but they have to be faithful with it with um, in heart and soul not in pretense verse 7 also the Lord your God will put all these curses on your enemies and on those who hate you who persecute you so not only will the people be promised prosperity and then uh, the ability to return to prosperity again if they uh, had a change of heart and decide to be faithful again but also vengeance will be carried out basically on the people who persecute them their enemies um uh let's keep reading verse 8 and you will again obey the voice of the lord and do all his commandments which i command you today so the commandments are the ones we've been reading again and again and again that seem to be what the book of Deuteronomy is about, rehashing and, re and emphasizing to the people the different things that they're supposed to abide by and walk, the rules they're supposed to walk by and live by, um, even though, again, the religious authorities giving them to them are exempt from many of these same different rules. Verse 9, the Lord your God will make you abound in all the work of your hand and the fruit of your body and the increase of your livestock and in the produce of your land for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for good as he rejoiced over your fathers. 
So uh, the last few chapters have kept keep saying this, that if you're faithful and obedient to the commandments, then you are guaranteed prosperity if you're faithful. Um, and uh, verse 10, if you obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law, and if you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So again, the different statutes and ordinances are way beyond just the Ten Commandments that were originally given to Moses. So the statutes and ordinances were introduced later. They're said to be by Moses, but if they were by Moses, why weren't they given those two times Moses got the Ten Commandments? Instead, they were given at later points by the religion of the day. And it kept shifting. It keeps shifting again and again and again. And much of it seems obviously just man-made and not at all from God Almighty, whether it be the shifting food laws or the outrageously ridiculous um, rape laws or the, um, the, um, the things like circumcision or divorce that keep changing and keep shifting or are either completely patriarchal or absolutely sexist. So why would the Lord God Almighty do any of those things or be issuing any of those things as edicts for people to follow from generation to generation forever uh, when they aren't consistent at all? Yet it's how I read, so that's why we're reading it. Verse 11, For this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. So now it seems Moses is talking firsthand now. It's not someone giving an account, a later account, of what Moses said. Instead, it seems to be Moses speaking directly to the people and telling them that what he's giving them as commandments isn't all that mysterious or all that hard to understand. Verse 12, it is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us? Bring it to us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. So he's saying it's not so far off. The different commandments and ordinances, the statutes, all of that stuff, isn't so distant that you can't get to it it's not like it's way out in space somewhere where someone has to go out there and get it for you so that then you can be faithful to it verse 13 nor is it beyond the sea that you should say who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it so it's not far off in space it's not far off in land it's not far off in sea that it's so far that you can't get to it that's why you're not being faithful to it no it's not at all it's not far at all is what Moses is saying. So it's not like you can use that as an, as an excuse for being unfaithful to it. Verse 14. But the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. So that is one part of um, uh, one verse that seems to be consistent even with um, some of the Christian belief that you aren't going to need someone to tell you the difference between right and wrong. Your heart, in, in your heart of hearts, your conscience is going to let you know what's right and what's wrong. And especially if you keep are faithful to um, not just talking to talk, but walking to walk. So some people will be able to tell you what's right and wrong, but they don't actually bother with doing it. And other people will actually say it and do it. They're going to actually walk the walk. And in that sense, it's your conscience, your true sense of what's right and wrong will guide you so that you don't have to have someone else tell you, oh, no, that's wrong to do people like they like that, to lean on someone's neck. You shouldn't need someone to tell you that's wrong, if, especially if the if the truth of the word of love your neighbor as yourself is alive in your heart and not and in your mouth so that you're actually 
saying it and living it, walking, walk, talking to talk and doing it. If that's the case, then you don't need someone to tell you not to lean on someone's neck because you know you wouldn't want someone to lean on your own neck. But um, you see that that's not the case of the people who thump their Bibles in America in modern times. They will do all they can to justify uh, the murder of someone, even on video, um, with their neck being leaned on by people paid to enforce the law and then basically getting away with it for years. It's sick, but it's society and it's counter it's contradictory to what's even written here in the Old Testament, much less what Jesus tells us in the New. Verse 16, and that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments that you may live and multiply. And the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. So in, again, the commandments were just those top 10, those big 10 that Moses got when he went up the mountain those two times and affirmed by Jesus in the New Testament. All these other statutes and ordinances and things are religion, they're dogma that people set up to keep people wrangled and in some cases brainwashed into believing things that are not that are obviously not from God, but in other ways can be confusingly associated with or conflated with being from God, yet if in truth they're not actually from God at all, and if it can be hard to tell the difference. Um, but what Moses, if this is Moses saying it, is telling them that um, the truth will be right there and easy to discern if you're faithful. Verse 17, but if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. So Moses is saying, but if you decide to pick up some other religion, to take up some other belief system or fall away from religion at all, if your heart turns away from righteousness, in other words. Verse 18, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. So Moses is warning the people that if they do decide to have a change of heart, take up some other religion, worship some other entities, deities, gods, if they decide to fall away altogether, then that's fine, but it's going to come with a cost. There's going to be a price you have to pay for doing that. And, um, and he's saying it's going to be tied to the promised land that they're uh, in anticipating crossing over to um, occupy and colonize. Verse 19, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. So um, that's what I part. That's like what I keep saying. It seems life is it's a series of crossroads that God seems to be watching to see which ones will take. Will you choose the path of right? Will you choose the path of wrong? Will you choose the path of life? Will you choose the path of death? Will you choose to go upstairs or will you choose to go downstairs? Will you choose heaven? Will you choose flames? There are choices and they pop up at every crossroads we experience in our human experience here on earth. And it seems that, again, it's the world that it will experience in the world that the Lord loves. It's not necessarily the people. Jesus himself tells us that often quoted but often overread or overlooked verse for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son it didn't say for god so loved the people or for god so loved this nation or that nation 
It says, for God so loved the world. It's the experience of the world, it seems, that God truly loves to see how it is people are going to turn out in it. And it seems to me, in the same way you may love a favorite video game or a movie or a board game or a card game or a sports you may just love that sport or that event or that medium so much but it's not necessarily the players it's not necessarily the actors it's not necessarily the um the pawns in the game that you love at all it's the game that you love it's the world that god loves not necessarily the people that are in it and so in that sense it seems to me that that's also what moses is pointing to here that it's a choice the different crossroads that people face and um that you can choose life or you can choose death and god is aware of each of those choices that we make verse 20 that you may love the lord your god that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the lord swore to your fathers to abraham isaac and jacob to give them so the promise of uh, stability in the land and the promised land in the colonized land is what the people are being guaranteed if they're faithful to the contract that moses has laid out for them and the religion has laid out for them as far as their walking orders marching orders into taking that land into and we've already read what that um colonization consists of it consists of the orders to massacre the people who are there well first it consists of offering them peace first giving them a chance to uh to peacefully accept them and then if not they've been given the order to massacre the people that are there to rape the women that are there to take cap the ones that they want to the ones that they aren't attracted to they've been given permission to kill them and you don't have to take my word for it we've read these different things if you've read along with me in just the book of deuteronomy alone um these different orders as part of the contract that the people are being given for their permission to steal the land from the people who already live there to go in and uh, occupy and colonize the land of Canaan as it used to be called um, or as they are addressing it the promised land that they're getting ready to cross over the Jordan River to occupy and colonize um, and in the reference back to the forefathers Abraham Isaac and Jacob and the um, covenant made with them um, which again those people Abraham Isaac and Jacob seem exempt or according to the narrative were exempt from these same orders that are being given to their descendants orders like you're not supposed to marry or have sex with your sister or your aunt uh, and yet we read that's exactly what some of those same forefathers abraham isaac and jacob did and it morphs again and again and again making it inconsistent and if it's inconsistent can that really really be from god almighty or can it just be religion in my it seems to me in my opinion it can be nothing but religion can't possibly be god almighty being that flaky changing again and again and again from the dietary rules to the sex rules uh much less the stuff about rape and how to not even call it rape if you're in the wrong place or if you don't cry out that it's not actually rape if you get attacked and rape it's not rape if you don't scream help so it doesn't make sense at all but it is what it read it is how it reads 
Um, so that's why we're reading it or why we were reading it. That was actually the last verse in this chapter. So that's where we'll end this reading. As always, I appreciate you reading along with me and hope you'll join me again for the Naked Truth. Stay safe. God bless you. And thanks again. I'll see you next time. Peace be with you. <laughs>